All right, back with the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop at 8-11. Back after a week off, uh, taking that week off to travel to South Dakota uh, to prepare for this coming week of fall veto session uh, with state lawmakers heading back for three days this week and three days next week. Uh, but some of the conversations that surely are going to be up for uh, you know the various halls and offices at the state house, I would imagine, are going to touch on uh, what we're seeing happen out of Chicago and what's uh, happening across the state. Uh, to join us to talk about vaccine mandates when it comes to law enforcement is the Illinois Fraternal Order of Police President, Chris Southwood. Chris, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Uh, and I guess let's just start with uh, what's going on in Chicago, uh, where we've seen uh, the vaccine mandate from uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, and a lot of consternation, a lot of back and forth. Uh, what's the uh, the Illinois Fraternal Order of Police take on this? Well, I mean, first off, thank you for having me on this morning, Greg. But um, with with the Chicago incident, I mean, clearly I, you have a, uh, an issue here where uh, the Illinois FOP, we clearly believe the mayor is violating the law. We, we believe she's violating the uh, Health Care Right of Conscious Act, uh, but also specifically for Chicago uh, and, and Chicago Lodge 7, which is our largest local in Illinois, as well as the largest FOP local in the nation. But they clearly feel that uh, the mayor is not bargaining in good faith when it comes to implementing the vaccine mandate. We've got, of course, uh, Chicago uh, taking a lot of uh, news headlines, even uh, national news headlines. But what's the uh, the lay of the land across the state when it comes to uh, vaccine mandates for law enforcement officers? Well, I think in most areas of the state, um, when it comes to the vaccine mandate, um, a lot of places are uh, you know, law enforcement, for the most part, has the right to collectively bargain these impacts when it comes to terms and conditions of employment. And I think that for the most part, uh, most agencies are negotiating in good faith with their officers when it comes to imposing these mandates. Um, and so overall, I think uh, for the for the majority of the state, that seems to be going okay. Um, we always have the Health Care Right of Conscious Act to fall back upon, uh, which would which makes, like I said, which clearly, uh, you know, we, we clearly feel, I mean, it, it clearly states that it's unlawful to discriminate because of a person's conscientious refusal to receive health care services contrary to his or her conscience. And we clearly feel that we can fall back on that if we need to uh, when it comes to these uh, vaccine mandates and how they're, they're implemented. Chris Southwood joins us. He's the president of the Illinois Fraternal Order of Police here on the WMAY morning news feed at 814. Um, with lawmakers heading back, you've already brought it up a couple of times here, the Health Care Right of Conscience Act. Uh, what what are you hearing is going to happen, if anything, uh, whenever lawmakers head back uh, to the Capitol this week or next week? Well, the governor's already come out and stated that he'd like to make changes to the Health Care Right of Conscience Act. And I'll be, I'll be crystal clear, we are vehemently opposed to any proposed changes to the Health Care Right of Conscious Act that would diminish an individual's right to their religious liberties and choose what is or is not injected into their body. Uh, we will be monitoring that throughout the veto session. Uh, if the governor attempts to make changes to the Health Care Right of Conscious Act, uh, we will actively lobby against those changes and, uh, you know, let... General Assembly members know right up front, uh, we're going to make sure that you're, if you vote for changes to this act, we're going to make sure your constituents are aware that you voted against uh, or you voted for changes to that act. Well, it, 
if you could square up for me, and I don't know if you can, uh, but you have uh, the the majority party at the state house uh, putting a amendment through both chambers. It's going to be on the November 2022 ballot uh, that would essentially uh, enshrine collective bargaining rights for uh, units of of uh, employees that uh, that want to bargain wages, salaries, benefits, and a variety of things uh, from from the public sector to the private sector. Uh, of course, law enforcement being in the public sector uh how how does this move to change the healthcare right of conscience act um square up with with this idea of enshrining collective bargaining rights uh in the uh, in the state constitution certainly seems to be a concern there doesn't it greg i mean clearly if you're going to vote to oppose these changes to an individual's choice uh, when it comes to the Healthcare Right of Conscious Act, it seems a little hypocritical that you would then turn around and say, "Yeah, we want to we want to vote to improve or increase uh, or uh, codify uh, collective bargaining rights in Illinois." Seems to be a little bit of a conflict there to us. We're talking with Chris Southwood. He is a, the president of the Illinois Fraternal Order of Police here on the WMAY morning news feed. Uh, and, of course, you've got the uh, COVID-19 vaccine mandate situation out of uh, uh, Chicago and Cook County um, and a uh, variety of other uh, mandates being bargained across the state with different uh, police organizations. So we'll keep an eye on that, Chris, uh, and anything that uh, transpires with the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act. Uh, we also have, and in, I in, in, uh, apologize for springing this on you, but we also have... Um, Republicans at the state house pushing for a package of bills. Have you seen this um, from State Senator Chapin Rose? And you've also got uh, uh, House Minority Leader Jim Durkin. He's set to, to hold a news conference today, uh, talking about uh, a variety of pieces of legislation to, uh, as they say, give law enforcement more tools to combat crime. Um, we're seeing crime not just uh, a problem in Chicago, but also Rockford, Decatur. Uh, we've had our fair share of shootings and uh, uh, criminal problems here in Springfield. Uh, have you guys taken a look at this? Are you familiar with uh, this package of bills that they uh, they want lawmakers to take up during veto session? Absolutely, we're familiar with it. I'm very familiar with Senator Chapin Rose. Uh, I support him 100%. I support this movement by the Senate Republicans to uh, give law enforcement back the tools we need to fight against the uh, violent upsurge in crime that's, that's spreading all across the, the state. And so, yes, we're very aware of those bills. We are very supportive of those bills. And uh, we certainly hope that there will be some movement to, to get those bills out and, and voted upon in the veto section session. I just want to say one thing, though, if I can real quick, Greg. The, the Health Care Right of Conscience Act, part of that act, it specifically states it shall be unlawful for any public or private employer, entity, agency, institution, official, or person to orally question about to impose any burdens in terms of condition terms or conditions of employment. So I mean that healthcare right of conscious act really goes back to uh, collective bargaining. And you hit the nail on the head earlier. Uh, if you're going to make changes to that act and then support uh, collective bargaining, it certainly certainly seems a little hypocritical. So I didn't mean to revert no. back, but I wanted to make sure that that was in there. So. Yeah, no sweat. No, I totally understand um, because it's going to be uh, one of those issues that if it does come up, it's going to be very contentious. And as you uh, noted, uh, you already have uh, some members within the Pritzker administration uh, indicating that they do want to change that. Uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, and I'd just like to say one more thing here, Greg. I mean, we talk about government, these being government vaccine mandates 
mandates, but are they really government mandates or are they one-person mandates? I mean, in the city of Chicago, it's the mayor. Uh, for Illinois, it's the governor. I mean, let's uh, let's run these mandates if we want to do that through how about the General Assembly or how about the city council in Chicago? Uh, is the Chicago City Council required to abide by these mandates that the that the mayor is putting out there? Uh, is well, the and, Illinois General Assembly and Chris, required I, what, to? What do you what do you say to those who point out that? Uh, and I even saw this in the in the Tribune today, uh, highlighting how many Chicago police officers have died of COVID nineteen. Uh, now I don't know the full context of whether they had uh, various comorbidities or if they died from something else and they just tested positive for COVID. But um, uh, surely that's going to be brought up in these conversations that uh, COVID's dangerous and uh, law enforcement are there on the front lines dealing with people. Uh, so why why not uh, support that mandate? It absolutely does. And COVID is absolutely dangerous and it is real. But does the vaccine guarantee that you're going to, if you get the vaccine, does it guarantee you're not going to die of COVID? I mean, right now, according to data from the uh, United States, what, uh, Centers for Disease Control, there's over 3,040 fully vaccinated Americans have died from COVID-19. So the vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. It doesn't prevent you from transmitting COVID. And it doesn't guarantee you won't die from COVID. And, and what about what about uh, uh, the adverse effects that the vaccine has on people? There are adverse effects out there. They're hard to find, but they absolutely are. Uh, you, gotta, you know, and, and what about natural immunity? I mean, our law enforcement officers, first responders, correctional officers, firefighters, teachers, all these folks have been on the front lines since COVID had came around. And a lot of our members have already been exposed to COVID. A lot of our members have already had COVID. What about the natural immunities that they have now that protects them, even in some studies showing better than the vaccine does, and they don't have to deal with the adverse effects of the vaccine? Greg, the fact of the matter is we don't know what this vaccine is going to do to people 10 years from now. This is still a, a, a basically untested vaccine. It's it's only been in use for less than a year now. What are the long term effects of the vaccine? Well, and nobody then, knows. And then you get nobody. questions about uh, how many booster shots are going to be considered fully vaccinated. If there are going to be mixing of vaccines, what's considered fully vaccinated? So a lot of unanswered questions. But we still see these mandates being uh, pushed down, uh, as you uh, as you said, from one person in Chicago and then one person uh, when it comes to various sectors from Governor J.B. Pritzker. Uh, Chris, I greatly appreciate you taking the time with us this morning. We'll definitely be in touch throughout this week and next week as we uh, uh, see what happens uh, with the health care right of conscience. Act, if anything, uh, but also with uh, what may else pop up uh, at the uh, the State House. So greatly appreciate your time this morning. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it.